Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Kudumansville, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Miller, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Nothing is impossible when you trust in His word. Hearken to the voice of destiny. Is there anything too hard for thee? So put your trust in God alone and rest upon. for tonight as we gather as your people to celebrate that great redemption work you did for us on Calvary's cross. Indeed, let us leave this place with an impartation. Sweet Holy Spirit, minister to us through your word, minister to us through your spirit. Let everybody under the sound of my voice not leave this place the same. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Wonderful, you may be seated. Wow. What a delight to see all of you. Well, it's been a while. Good to finally see you. Amen. Tonight, just for a brief moment, I want to lay a foundation for what I believe that God is drawing our attention to this Easter. Um, I will celebrate. Easter is one of the tenets of Christianity. Um, and for every Christian, must be important to you. Amen. Easter is like Christmas. It must be important to you, and you have to teach your children. If it's not important to you, you won't pass it on to your children. That If there's no time, the best time to go to church is Easter. The best time to go to church is Christmas. Do you get it? Because Easter and Christmas, is, they are like special occasions that we have set aside to show that indeed our God exists. And to celebrate special accomplishment of the Christian faith. Do, do you get it? Uh -huh. So it's not Valentine's Day that you go to church. It's Easter and Christmas. Christmas tells us that God's son came into this world for us. Do you get it? And Easter tells us God sacrificed his son for our sakes. Do you get it? So these are the major activities of our Christian walk and we need to take them seriously. Amen. In some countries, these are the times that churches are full. 
if you don't come early, you will not get anywhere to sit. Churches are full. Christmas and Easter. Not 31st night. Do you get it? 31st night, church gets full because many people are afraid they will die. They are superstitious. That's all. But a good reason to go to church is Easter, to celebrate Jesus dying for you. Hallelujah. And in this Easter, this is all a build-up to Friday, the miracle service on Friday. With the prophet. And I know that something spectacular will happen to all of us. Amen. Uh, I want to bring our attention to something that I saw in the Bible, which I believe that will make us recognize our value as Christians, the more we understand it. So, turn your Bibles with me to Galatians. Is it Galatians? We can do Galatians. Galatians chapter number three. Is it Galatians or Hebrews? It's Galatians. Galatians three. I'm reading verse number 13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Amen. This is the scripture. I'll be reading the scripture for some time, and I felt that. Let's look into it a little deeper in these two days that we have as we prepare for the prophet. Amen. It says, Christ, which is Jesus, has redeemed us, which is he has bought us back from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, okay? For it is written, how did he redeem us? By hanging on a tree, by taking our curse unto himself and hanging on a tree. And we know that Easter is the time that we celebrate when Jesus hung on the tree for us. Do, do you understand? So, in writing this, Paul was thinking of the great events of Easter. That at Easter, Jesus hung on a tree for you and for myself so that we can be redeemed. We can be redeemed. Now, I want us to look at this word redeemed a little closer because looking at it will explain to us what Christ really did for us. Because when you look at redeem, redeem simply means to buy back. To buy back. So we look at it as faith value, like Jesus bought us back. Jesus bought us back. But we, we, we don't really understand the implications, the cost. Do you get it? Like yesterday, my son, one of my sons was somewhere and he needed to get home. So I requested for him to come. Now, when he got home, he was surprised how much it cost for him to come back. He just thought, it's just a right. He said, when I finish, I'll call you. I say, good. When he finished, daddy, we are done. Then I said, okay, I'm requesting for you. Then I requested. Then he came. So as he was coming, he just felt like, oh, it's just like, it's just a ride. Do you get it? But when he saw the price, he couldn't believe that it cost that much for him to get home. So I told him, that's how much it costs. When somebody gives you a lift next time, don't think that, oh, it's just, oh, just in jail. We just went here and then, yeah. No, don't, 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 
don't, don't, don't. This is how much. And I, you see, he had forgotten that I requested for him to go. And I requested for him to come. Hallelujah. So suddenly the reality of the cost of the trip dawned on him. Many of us don't know when the Bible says Christ has redeemed you. We don't know what it really means and the real implication of it. And today, I want to believe God that a few scriptures in the Bible, I'm not preaching for a long time, just a few scriptures in the Bible will open our eyes to what it really means to be redeemed. So when the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, you will rise up and say so. Because it's like if you understood what has been done, you will see that something great has been done for you. Something very great has been done for you. So you will always write. When we say, if you go out there and win a soul, you don't know what it took for you to be redeemed. You would, if you knew, you would run to go and bring somebody to, because it's like the price that has been paid for you is a little too much. You know you are, you, I mean, it's like the value God has put on you, he said, if you a little too much, you are like some overpriced good. Yeah, we are like some overpriced possession to God. Do, do, do you get it? Because if you know, if you were buying yourself, you wouldn't have paid that much. You wouldn't have paid that much. Uh-huh. So to go out and win souls, to go out and look at shepherd somebody, to go out and tell somebody about Jesus or care for somebody else in the church is the least God can ask you to do in return for the price that he has paid for you. Even if God could reveal to us, many of us will stop at our jobs and become so winners. Yeah, we, we, we will immediately put a high premium on our salvation. Hallelujah. So we want to just look at it quickly as a foundational teaching and then we go. What what does it mean to be redeemed? Number one, it means to buy out of the marketplace for slaves. To buy out of the marketplace for slaves. Revelations 5. So, each time the Bible uses the word redeemed, it has a meaning. Each of them has a meaning. And each meaning exposes to us what, it, what Christ has really done for us. And this one, the first one we want to look at is Revelations 5, 9 and 10. It says, And they sang a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou was slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. Now this word redeem here, if you look at it from the Greek redeem, it means to buy out from the slave market. Let me just read it to you. Where are you? Jack, where are you? I am here. It means to go properly, to go to the market, that is, 
by implication to purchase, to purchase, or to buy, or to redeem. Now, here the Bible is telling us that Jesus came all the way from heaven to shop. Now, this particular meaning of it refers to two things. It refers to number one, the type of market that you were bought from. The type of market that I was bought from. Now, you see, all of us have shops that we shop at. Some shop at Checkers. Some go to Super Save. Save View. Where is that? Save View. Wow. Yeah. LP Yvonne and Co. They go to Woolies. Do you get it? The rich people go to Woolies. And all these people. Some go to Shop ShopRite. Some of us, Mapushana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the, some of us, were even not, we don't even go into Mapushana, in front of Mapushana by the roadside. It's like when the potatoes are rotting in Mapushana, then this guy goes to buy and comes to sell it on the street. Then we buy. So when we come and we are even going to eat the potato, we have to cut half of it away. Some of us even buy from shops that the things they sell have expired. And the shops is what we call store reject. Even some of the clothes you buy, they, they can't be in the shop. I know shops that are like that. You go to shops, you see brands that are from other shops that are there. Why do you think they are there? The original shops, can't, they don't make the standard. The arm, one is longer than the other. But you can't see it. You can't see with your naked eye. Yeah. No, it's you wear it for about three weeks. Then one day when you are wearing, you wear that, ah, one arm is longer than the other. <laughs> then you start to blame the washing machine, but it's not the washing machine, it's the product. That's why the original people did not sell it and they gave it to another shop. It's what we call store rejects. Yeah. Back in the day, we used to buy clothes from a place we call Bend Down Boutique. Like, do you get it? It's like it has been worn abroad. Then when they are tired of wearing it, they bring it. Then we go and buy it. Now, that place, yes, it's called in the Hebrew, Obroni Wewu. It means the white man is dead. <laughs> now, when you go there, they have a certain blue plastic. Next time we are in Ghana, remind me, we'll go and pass there. Yeah, they have a certain blue plastic, which they've used to, it's like they've used to make the, the shop. I don't know how to explain it. It's like it's a shed. Uh-huh, blue plastic, and there's some light. Yeah, it's like a pop-up shop. And then it's like some light is coming in. When the light falls on the fabric, it looks fantastic. I'm telling you. So when you look at it, and the guy, the guy is watching your eyes, so when you look at this one, 
I wish I had a fabric. Give, give me your jacket. Yeah. So it's like as soon as you look at it, the guy will bring it to a particular place of the light. Like a particular angle. When the light falls on it and you see, you say, wow. Then they will sell it to you. As soon as, and the whole market is covered with that. No, no, no. You can't see it properly anywhere. The only place you can look at it well is when you get home. Because when you come out of there also, you don't want people who are moving around in the streets to know that that's where you have gone to buy the things at. So they fold it. They have a certain place. They fold then They put it in. So you carry it coolly and then you just walk coolly. When you get home, then you take them out. And your parents will tell you that even when you come, you have to wash it. So you wash it. And then you hang it. When you hang it and it dries and you iron it, and you look at it, that's when you begin to see that, hey! Hmm. Oh, God. So the Bible says that Jesus, to redeem us, he came, he passed by all the nice shops, he couldn't enter any of them. He went to the slave market. That's where you were. That's where I was. He went to the slave market. He didn't go to the palace. He could have gone to Herod's palace to purchase us princes and things. No, we were not in the princes. He could have gone to parliament to find out. We were not among the parliamentarians. He could have gone to the university to find us. We were not among the university. We were at the slave market. The slave market. That's where we were. In Bible days, slaves were like the lowest type of people around. Lowest. They beat them. They spit on them. They live under horrible... They put, some of them, their food, they put it on the floor. You eat like animals. And Jesus went there to go and purchase us. To go and buy us out from that place. From that place. Now, you say, oh, that means Jesus was broke. Because we, we buy based on what we have. No. He came from heaven. The richest place you can be. He came from there. But because you were in that slave market, he came and went into the slave market just to get you out of the slave market. Just to get you and I out of that place. Out of that place. That is what it means to be redeemed. To buy out. I mean, there are some things even you don't tell people where you bought them from. You just wear it and you also. Yeah. Because the thing we are standing there, there, there's a crocodile on your shoe. There's also a crocodile on my shoe. Yours is Lacoste. Mine is also Lacoste. The only problem is that one of my crocodiles is blind. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. One crocodile. Only one. Not both of them. Only one of the crocodile that is blind. So it has closed its eyes. So, but the lacoste, the crocodile is supposed to open. Last I was told, one of the crocodile is going backwards. <laughs> it has decided it won't go again. <laughs> yeah. So when you come, you put your back down. They also put their back. Theirs is Gucci. Yours is Gucci. But if you don't look closely, you won't see the difference. 
So we also don't say anything. Is that type of market that Jesus came to redeem us, came to buy us from, came to buy? Yeah. There are some shops, if you are going there, as you are walking in front of the shop, you walk as though you are passing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you don't want anybody to know that that's where you are going. So you'll be coming like that, like you are going towards that side. So then you'll be watching around, watching around. As soon as nobody's watching, then you enter. Yeah. And whilst you are in the shop, you never stand up tall. Yeah. If they say, you, I hear you wear the mask like you are, you are a ninja to cover all your face. It is that type of market that Jesus came to buy us from. He proudly came there to buy us from that place. That's the market. Number two. I feel it. Number two. Yeah, he came there to buy us. And became a slave so that we can be free. Yeah. He became a slave. So we can be free. Not only did he buy us out of that place, but he became, to redeem means to pay a price or to pay a fair price. So he became that thing so that we can be free. That's why everything that was done to slaves, it was done to Jesus on his way to to hanging on the tree. That's why they beat him. They used to beat them. So that's why they beat Jesus. So that we can be healed. They strip him naked. Yeah. Strip him. Disgraced him. You see when you are going to some of these shops. Let's say you are going to some of these shops. And then somebody you know meets you. You feel ashamed. Because you have been telling us all along that your, your clothes come from London. That's what you have been telling us. And suddenly we found which London you say it comes from Manchester. So we all thought it came from the UK. But finally we've seen which Manchester it comes from. Yeah. We thought you were talking about the Manchester next to Leeds and, and Liverpool, Anfield, Liverpool. No, not knowing you are talking about not Dale Manchester. So when they find out, you feel disgraced. That's how they disgrace Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people have not asked you a question, you are answering. <laughs> you begin to explain. I usually don't wear. Uh, where, where is Madeline? She was sitting here now. Has she gone to the back? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yo. Usually, I don't, my neighbor, my neighbor is asking for something. <laughs> Nobody has asked you a question. You are explaining that. You see, my neighbor is from, um, she has come from Impumalanga. And she was, she's looking for some particular spice. A particular spice. Indian spice. That's why I'm working at. At Nordale, but it's not like usually this is where I buy. And nobody has asked you a question. You are answering questions that nobody has asked you about. Baby Shark, the way you are quiet. Number two, I'm going to four. I'm going to four. 
Number two, the second meaning of redeem is to get out of the slave market. Not only to buy, but to get it out of the slave market. Galatians 3, 13. The redeem in Galatians 3, 13. This is what it means. To get something out of the slave. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Which means Christ has gotten us out of the slave market. Out. Not only buy. You see, because in the slave market, people buy slaves. Do you get it? Somebody can say, oh, this slave, very strong, eh? Let me buy him. I'll sell him later, like Bitcoin. Buy it low. When prices are high, I'll sell. Uh-huh. So they buy. You are still in the slave market. So you've been bought, but you are still there. Yeah. You have been bought, but you are still there. So it's like buying you out. So they buy you and they buy your freedom. Yeah. So to buy and to buy the person's freedom. If you look at like Boaz and Ruth. Boaz bought Ruth's field back and married Ruth. Do you get it? Married her. So it's like she was no, when she was bought, she was somebody's slave. So when Boaz bought her, she was supposed to become Boaz's slave, but married her so that she's no longer a slave. You don't understand. You are slow. Yeah. Instead of coming to be a slave, come and be a wife. Yeah. That's double buying. Yeah. Hosea chapter 3. In Hosea chapter 3, we see an epic story like that. Where Hosea the prophet, God asked him to go and marry a harlot woman. (laughs) He says, then the Lord said unto me, go yet, love a woman beloved to her friend, yet an adulteress. Give us a, a, an everyday English version. I think it will explain it to us better. NLT or something. NLT. Let me read the NLT. It says, then the Lord said to me, go and love your wife again. So this, this girl, she was a wife. <laughs> he said, go and love her again. Even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel. Even though people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. Verse 2. So I bought her back for 15 pieces of silver. And (laughs) and five bushels of barley and a measure of wine. Then I said to her, you must live in my house for many days and stop stop your prostitution. During this time, you will not have sexual relations with anyone, not even me. This shows that Israel will go a long time without a king or a prince or prince and without sacrifice, sacred pillars, priests, or even idols. This is a beautiful story of the prophet being asked to go and buy back. Jesus coming to buy us after we've prostituted ourselves. 
Yeah. <laughs> you see our alley over here where they have they, they work at the marketplace here. Imagine you were coming to church and I'm standing there, I'm trying to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? We are, I'm sitting in Pastor Lungani's blue car. There's one that's always parked there. A similar car like Pastor Lungani's car is always parked there. No, I'm sure. I'm sure that guy is a pimp. Yeah. Or, or one of the people drive. Ah, she's gone to work in her car. Yeah. But Jesus came there to buy a prostitute. He says, go and take her. Take her to your house. Everybody knows her. It's not like she's a hidden pro. You know, so <laughs> underground. No, everybody knows her that this is what she does. Yeah. Everybody know her adverts are on television. Yeah, her adverts are all over the place. Everybody knows her. Yeah, 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 yeah. The whole area, and that's, the city is not big. It's like Peter Marysburg, so everybody knows everybody. Yeah, he said, go and buy her out of that place and get her out of the place. So don't, it's not like, you see, like when people go, they buy. After they've paid, after the service, they go back. Yeah. Do you get it? But now it's not like that anymore. You are taking her out there for her to come and live in your house. Jesus came to take us out of prostitution. And he came to place us in the kingdom of God. Not that I've just set you free from prostitution, but come and live in my house. That when anybody comes, they'll say, oh, Nanku prostitute in Jesus' house. Yeah. To buy out. To buy out. To, to get out of the slavery. To, to not even to buy, but to get the person out. Out of the slave market. He came to get us out. Not buy us and be there. If you have watched some of these movies, Kunta Kinte, Roots, uh, all these movies, you see, you see how they, they trade slaves. Other people come to buy slaves to go and be their slaves. No, no, no. Buy and get the person out of slavery. So the person is no longer a slave. No longer a slave. Many of us are slaves to many things. Slave to fear. Slave to pornography. Slave to alcohol. Slave to this, slave to that. And Jesus came to buy us out of that. Buy us out of it. Not only pay the price, which is to pay a price for your punishment, but get you out of it. I know some of you, you in those days when you get angry, every pot hears about it in your house. Yeah, every pot hears it. Recently, somebody was telling me I got angry and I hit something with my laptop and it broke. I said, look, you don't qualify for that type of anger. 
you need medical attention as well as deliverance. Yeah, you need deliverance. You can't afford that type of anger that you have broken your laptop. Now, where are you going to do your assignment? Now that your anger is gone, how, where are you going to do your assignment and your schoolwork? So I want the person, it's the last time you, you get this type of ang uh, 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 angry. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need deliverance. Yeah, some of us were slaves to these things. Bible said we were bought out of sin. So he bought us out of it and got us out of whatever we are slaves to. Yeah. Some of us slaves to fear. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of... Yeah, some of us were slaves to fear. Because let me take you out of it. Just take you out of it. You're afraid of what doesn't exist. You're afraid of things that exist and things that don't exist. Yeah, you cut your hair. Oh, okay. Interesting. Number three, number three, I'm almost done. Number three, number three. Number three will be interesting. Number three, to pay the full price for something. Hebrews 9, 12. Hebrews 9, 12, it says, neither by the blood of goats or calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. This redemption here means to pay a full price for something. What does it mean? It means Jesus paid a full price for us. Once upon a time, Jesus came around. <clears throat> he saw you. He wanted to buy you. And your slave driver was the devil. And they started to bargain. And, the, and, 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 and Satan was an Indian man. So good person, bad games. Yeah. And you know when you are going to buy something, depending on how much you want the thing and how much they sell it to you. There's an economic term like that. Marginal, something, utility price. Something to do with price. Yeah. Something, utility cost. Marginal utility cost. Yeah. How much you, you want it drives the price. One day I was going to church at um, Jesus Savior of the World Square. You know that place you carry either umbrella, you wear sheets, because it's in the sun. So as I was going, I realized that I left my sheets at home. So I saw some guys selling sheets there. So I just, I mean, sunglasses. So I just packed, and then I called one of the guys, Demas. Or Demas. Demas. So, when I saw one, I pointed one. I tell the guy, this one, how much is it? Then he said to me, oh, this one is, is, is usually 200, but because of you, I'll give it to you for 100. So I look at the glasses. Meanwhile, of all he had, that's the only one I wanted. But 
I've learned to bargain. I mean, you should see me bargaining, you will cry. Please. Oh, yeah. The place we used for church in Deban, the original quotation was 12,000. We don't pay 30% of that 12,000. Yeah. <laughs> so immediately I knew that game on. So I had to turn my, bag, my bargaining skills on. So I told the guy, I, I said, let me feel it. Oh, I'll just take it to break, take it. I just, like that, I just, when it, then I drop it in his hands. Like, as well, I'm throwing it away. So, like, I look at it, I said, oh, but this one is too brick. Then I just left it for you. Then he held it like that. I said, oh, but you want this thing to break. Anyway, I don't even want it. How about? I said, oh, boss. <laughs> boss, okay, you pay 80, 80 for it. I said, look, this, look, this, no, even there. He said, so how much will you pay? I said, oh. I'll give you 20 because I, I really don't need this thing. I seriously don't even want it. Oh, chairman, don't do that. I said, oh, no, 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 no. Then I said, you know something, call their other friend for me, the one who's selling some over. I've seen some very nice. So, so I started to show you. See, you see that one that the guy over? The, no, not the one on the side, the first one. Yeah, the one up. You see, oh, I think I like that. He said, boss, you just bring the 20 <laughs> So if you don't know how to bargain, hey, you pay, you'll be surprised. Now, I'm sure Jesus came and then he pointed at you. He said, I want to buy that one. Satan looked at you, said, you really want it? And you know, Jesus, Satan really knew how much Jesus wanted you. So he said, well, to have that one, God said, mm, okay, I'll give you my son for him. Then Satan said, hey, wait a minute. That's not all. Not so fast. Now your son, I'm not only going to take him as a slave, I'm going to beat him, disgrace him, punish him, hang him on a tree for everybody to see. Make a spectacle that I took your son from you. Do you still want it? God said, yes, I do. Yes, I do. It's like, no matter what Satan asks for, God was ready to pay it for your sin. That's what this word redemption means. Pay it. Pay it for you. He was ready to, to pay. If, if Satan had asked for two sons, he would have gone to look for another son. Just to get you out. Just to get you out. So the Bible says, you are bought with a price. He says it to the church of Corinthians twice. He says, ye are bought with a price. First Corinthians 6 to it says, ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your bodies and in your spirit, which are God's. He says, because he paid a high price for you. Glorify God in your body. Don't use your body for foolishness. I don't want to come down. Let me stay up here. Yeah, he said, because he bought you with a price. Don't use, glorify him in your body. 
You don't know how much you cost. That's why. First Corinthians 7 20 says, Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. It says, He bought you with a price. Glorify Him in your body. Don't use your body for alcohol. Don't use your body for sex. Don't use your body for things that don't matter. A high price was paid for you. A high price. Value how much was paid for you. Many of us will respect things based on the price tag. The price tag that is on it. Yeah. Based on the price tag that is on it. That's, that's how we see that thing. We see, oh, it's not, it's not expensive. Oh, we just use it anyway. But when we see the price, hey, even the price is written in French. Hey, the, oh, no, 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 no. So bought you with a price. Glorify him in your body. From today, ladies, glorify you, Jesus in your body. He bought you with a price. If you knew the value of it, you won't wear certain clothes and be moving around in the streets. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't know the value. Sometimes we are so happy when winter comes. Because as soon as winter comes, everybody covers everything. Yeah. When summer comes, it's like, look, you've been hiding for too long. Now come out. Gentlemen, you were bought with a price. Begin to respect what you do with your body. You were bought with a high price. Jesus paid a high price for you. Can you imagine Satan bargaining with God at the price? How much you cost? How much you cost? And number four is the final one. To return to its original state. To return something to its original state. Ephesians 1.7, he says, In whom ye have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he had abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he had proposed, he had purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him, who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. Here, the Bible says he had redeemed us. What was it, his intention? To give us an inheritance, to return us to our original state, originally how we were, to bring us back to that. So the question is, what was our original state? What was our original state before we went into captivity? Before we became slaves? When you read the Bible, you see, man, when God created man, man was God's child. Yeah. Man was God's child. It's one of the pieces of scripture we all miss all the time. 
But let me show it to you. Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. When you read the genealogy, it says, verse 38. Verse 38. It says, which was the son of Enos? Okay, he's talking and he's got in here. Which was the son of Seth? Now, he's done the genealogy, he's going to Adam. So he says, whoever was the son of Enos. And Enos was the son of Seth. And Seth was the son of Adam. And Adam was the son of God. That was the original statement. Son of God. Adam, this, I mean, I'm sure many of you have not seen this scripture before. It's a new, we just updated it yesterday. Yeah, because we hardly read the genealogy from here. He says, Enos was the son of Seth. Seth was the son of Adam. Adam was the son of God. That's man's original state. God created a son for himself. Adam. Adam. So when the Bible says God has redeemed us... God has redeemed us to take us to this original state. Original state of sonship. That's why this scripture we read, it talks about the inheritance that we have. Let's look at more scriptures. That's famous scripture we know, John 1. It says, he came unto his own. His own received him not. But as many as received, he gave them power. To become sons of God. Even them that believe. So the redemption plan is a plan of restoration. To our original. What we were originally. Sons and daughters of God. Sons and daughters. Sons and To be redeemed means to be brought back. To become a son. From a slave to a son. Yeah. That's why when the prodigal son came back home and he told his father, Father, I've sinned against you and, and he, I've sinned in the sight of God and also in the sight. Make me as one of thy high servants. The father said, listen, it's an abomination. If God is redeeming you, you can't become a servant. You can go very low, but you can't become a servant. You come back and become my son. It's like I'm restoring you to what you were originally before you left this house. Originally. The son was applying, just let me, I don't want much. I know what I've done. I know where I've been. I've been to pilots, prostitutes, live a wild life. I'm not qualified to be your son anymore. But the father said, no, 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 no. Bring forth the best robe and put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. And kill the fatted cow. For this my son, this, this, he's, he was lost but he's still my son. He was dead but he's still my son. Restore him to sonship. Put a ring. The ring was to signify sonship. That's why when we make you a bishop, we put a ring on your finger. Yeah. Not just a cross on your neck. A ring on your finger to signify sonship. Yeah. Which also means you have an inheritance, which is what, how Paul puts it in um, Ephesians. Because you don't, you don't get an inheritance if you are not a son or a daughter. Sonship. So when you take it and you throw it away, you have just thrown away your sonship. You have thrown away your inheritance. 
thrown away your inheritance. Maybe your inheritance for that sonship is that there will be no mad person in your family again till for as long as your generation exists. But you take it and you throw it away. And when a series of madness starts to roll in your in generations after you, you will be wondering, ah, is your father madman of Gadara? Possibly. don't need this. My father said, put a ring to show that this my son. So he kept, anytime he addressed, he said, this my son, this my son, this my son. This my son was lost. This my son was dead. Let's marry because he has come back to his original state. I'm sure the servants were not wearing robes as they were in the house. This guy was, robe is for kingship. It's like you have king wears a robe. Then you come, you are like, yeah, you are the ogre. Then you are coming. One more scripture, then we can round up. Galatians 4. It says, now I see, verse 1, that the heir, as long as it's a child, different not from a servant. Though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so we, when we were children, we were in bondage under, under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem us, to restore us to our original state, to redeem us that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. says, God has redeemed us so that we will become, we will now be made sons. Says, and because we are sons, next one, and because ye are sons, God has set, sent forth his spirit, the spirit of his son, into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Verse 7. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. God has redeemed us to make us sons one more time. That you can become a son, you can become a daughter again, one more time, so that you can have an inheritance. So you can have an inheritance. You can have an inheritance again. You can have an inheritance again. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart and saying, "This is what I've done for you. Value it. This is what I have done for you. Value it. I bought you back to make you to our." That's what we read from Revelation 5, verse 10. And after he had redeemed us in verse 9, verse 10 says, And he has made us unto our God kings and priests. Kings and priests. It's all through the redemption work of Jesus Christ. As we go through Easter, let your mind be on the price that has been paid for you. It's not a simple thing that has been done 
for you. When we come to say, let's pray, let's thank God. We read Psalm 103, say, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that, bless the Lord, and forget not his benefit. Who forgiveth our enemy, will redeem our life from destruction. It's a big thing you have to rise up and thank God for. Because when he says, he has redeemed our life from destruction. This is actually what it means. Psalm 103, verse 4. Who has redeemed thy life from destruction, and then has crowned you with loving kindness and tender mercy. It's not a simple job done for you. So when I see people joking with their, their, their salvation, it, 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 it's almost like you are naive and you don't understand anything. Because you don't know. That's why the woman with the alabaster said, you don't know the cost of the oil. You don't know. You, don't, you were not there. You were not there. That's why when Judas said, let's go and sell it. Why is this way? He said, you Judas, you were not there. You were not there. You were not there on the day he saved me. You didn't know. You don't know who I was. You don't know the price that has been paid. That's why you can even think that I'm wasting oil. Simple oil that I'm pouring on his feet. I'm wasting it. You don't know. You really don't know. If you knew, you won't be saying what you are saying. You, won't, you would even say we should bring more oil. And clean with more hair. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes you have something you don't know what it is. I mean, recently I preached somewhere. When I, I preached, I looked at my church. I said, Father, thank you for the church that you have placed me in. Because we are in a blessed church. Yes. Yeah. You don't know what you have until it's, it's not there. The time I preached there before, when the pastor is giving an announcement, people are going away. By the time he's halfway to the other, the church is empty. He's talking to chairs. And he has not finished talking, so he has to finish the talking to the chairs. Yeah. And I'm in a church. If I, I, I can preach till tomorrow, everybody will be sitting here listening to me. It's a blessing. I say it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Yeah, it's a blessing. I can preach five minutes and close. Nobody will ask me that. Why did you preach for only five minutes? It's a blessing. That's what, that's what should tell you that we have something fantastic. We have something fantastic. Let us appreciate it. Yeah. You go somewhere and see. I preached somewhere recently. Um, leaders meeting. I was having a chat with the pastor. When they came to call us that, the people are waiting. And I, I, we should stop talking and come. I almost said, let them go. <laughs> yeah, I almost, I said it in my head. It just didn't come out of my mouth. I said it in my head, but it didn't come out. I almost said, if they are tired of waiting, let them go. Yes, let them go. Even less work to do. Let them go. To my surprise, when we came, they had not started. They were just sitting now like a market. So I told them, me. I have a meeting <laughs> in Marysburg. It starts at four. I leave Deban at four. Like if I've left on time, four o'clock. My meeting has already started. Me, I'm in Deb. Me, that I'm doing the meeting, I'm in Deban. The meeting has started. Then I drive down. When I get here, they are in the meeting. I see that I just pass them, and I go to my office. Anybody who's come to see me, I see the person. When I finish. Then I come into them. Whether I come at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 5 o'clock, that's the time I've come. Yeah. The people have been there from 4 o'clock waiting for me to come. I'm 
just giving your pastor some pastoral advice. He said, Kaoleza, Kaoleza, hurry up it. I, I almost said, let them go. But as I thought about it, I realized that we have something great. We have something. The reason why it's like that, you see, when you are in something good, you think it's like that everywhere. Until you go aside it a little, then you see that no, 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 no. God has actually blessed you with something good. That's why yours is like that. I came to tell you, don't wait till you lose what you have before you recognize what God has given to you. Don't wait till your salvation. Don't joke with yourself. I said, glorify him in your body. Glorify him in your body. Don't wait till the salvation has slipped by before you realize that, huh, I had something great. Oh, we had something fantastic. Oh, God was doing something great. Value it now. I came to draw your attention to it. Value it now. Tomorrow, God will, I'll talk to you about the things God has delivered us, has redeemed us from. He has brought us back. But let us value the redemption work of Jesus Christ. Finally, any group of people who are in any bondage, all they are waiting for is a sound of redemption. That somebody is coming to save them. Somebody is coming to get them out. Everybody in prison, if you go to prison now and you talk to the people in prison, they all have one prayer request. If you hear that the prison, they are having a prayer meeting. They are all praying just one prayer. Only one prayer. Only one prayer. Can you imagine what that prayer is? They just want to be free. If they could just get out. If they could go to... Look, God doesn't need to even listen to their prayers to know what they are praying. They are all just praying one. There's nobody in prison praying that, um, God, let there be peace in Ukraine. No. (laughs) All of them just want to get out. That's how important freedom is. But when you have it. You see, our country, something united us back in the day. Because we are fighting for freedom. We are fighting for freedom. When the whole of Africa was fighting for freedom, Africa was so united. Yeah. Africa was so united. When we got freedom, then it was like, oh, you are different from me. I'm different from you. You are another person. You are from there. You are this. You are. One guy used to say a lot of this. I used to tell him, maybe if you go and investigate, you are not from here. You will be shocked. Later on, not many days later we heard that his papa's not his papa but his papa don't know stand to your feet let's bring the service to a close I said what his papa is not his papa but his papa don't know yeah don't know he doesn't know so he's going around, but a little. And I used to tell from his head the way his head was that this head is not domestic, it's not local. But I don't have any DNA forensic evidence, so I have to leave it like that. Lift your hands and begin to thank God for the redemption work. Redemption work. Redemption work. 
redemption work. The redeeming grace of Jesus Christ. That was done on Easter. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse means he took our place. To redeem means, means to take somebody's place. To take somebody's place. To take, he took our place. Thank him right now. Thank him right now. Thank him that you've been bought with a price. Not the, not, not the blood of bulls or the blood of cows. God offered Satan all the cows in the world. He said, I don't like it. He offered him all the cows in the world. He said, I don't. All the goats in the world. He said, I don't like their blood. I want the blood of your only begotten son. For this one, I want the blood of your only begotten son. Your only begotten. That's, all, that's the only one I want. And I will torture him. I will disgrace him. I will beat him and hang him on a tree to die. I'll let him die the death of a, of a thief and the death of a snake. God said, it's okay. For this girl, I'll pay that price. For this guy, I'll pay that price. For this lady, I'll pay that price. For this man, I'll pay that price. It's worth the price. This one is precious to me and it's worth paying that price. We thank you. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for delivering us. Thank you for redeeming us from the devil. Thank you for paying such an expensive price for us, for our salvation. We are sorry, Lord, for the times that we've taken it for granted. We are sorry for the times that we were joking with it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for the work you have done. We are grateful. We are grateful. We are grateful. To you be glory. To you be praise. To you be glory. Thank you. Now listen up. Have you ever thought of it? How did we get into bondage? The devil tempted Adam and Eve. And then we became slaves, right? But have you ever thought of it that if after Eve had eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and Adam came, and Adam said, no, I won't eat it. Have you thought of what would have happened? No, no, no. We always blame Adam. You shouldn't. All men blame Adam. Adam, you shouldn't have eaten it. Then we will be free. Now, I think that if Adam did not eat it, and God came, this is what perhaps would have happened. God would have said to Adam, well, your wife is going to die. Your beautiful bride has sinned and she must die. And Adam perhaps would have said, Lord, let's make a plan. Let's do something about it. But unfortunately, Adam also ate. So that conversation never took place. But I'm sure when God got to heaven and he said to Jesus, your bride has sinned and they will die because that's, that's how it is. They are going to die. I'm sure Jesus looked at God and said, God, I'll make a plan. I'll make a plan. I will make a plan. I will go down there to earth and die in their place so that my bride 
be saved by pride. That's what brought Jesus to this earth to die for us. We are his bride. Have you seen a bride who has, who has come for their wedding day? They've eaten and then they've poured the food in their white dress. Every bride comes. Look, every bride. Look, usually even sometimes the bride cry, you can't recognize them. Every bride comes polished, extra polished, white, everything. Now, if you are the bride of Jesus, then let it be precious to you. Because if the bride price that the Lobola, he paid for us was his very life. Let's keep the garment white. Let's keep it clean. Let's keep it beautiful. Like the way you step into your wedding. Let us be like that by the time he comes because the price that has been paid is very high. It's very high. May the Lord minister to you tonight as you sleep. May he speak to you that you value the redeeming work that Jesus has done. Father, thank you for everybody under the sound of my voice. I pray, Jesus, open our eyes, Holy Spirit. Let us see the work that you have done for us. We, we bless you. We thank you for doing that for us. As we come to commemorate it and to celebrate it, let us make this truth readily and available to as many people as we can. As our way of saying thank you. Our way of giving back to you to say thank you for paying this price we can't let this price go to waste if you have paid it for everybody then we must send it if all we have to do is to tell everybody about it then then we will then we will then we will have mercy on us for times that we have kept our mouth shut that we did that we could have said something but we did not say anything have mercy on us and help us from today that will be what we do to tell everybody about that work that you have done. We thank you. We bless you in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Oh, say a victorious amen. You are here tonight. Maybe somebody invited you. And you want to say, Pastor, if this is the work Jesus has done to just buy me back, I want to accept him into my heart. Yeah, yeah, like that. Every eye closed, every head. But I want to give you an opportunity to welcome Jesus into your heart. He says, as many as received him, to them he gave power to become sons of God. Jesus is here to restore you to your original form. If you are here like that, you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want Jesus to become the Lord of my life. With your eyes closed, I want you to lift up your right hand wherever you are. I'll pray with you. Lift up your right hand wherever you are. I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. Lord, let this redeeming work come into my life. Lift up your right hand. Close your eyes and lift up your right hand. I'll pray with you. Lift up your right hand. I'll pray with you. Pastor, I don't want to go to hell when I die. I, don't, I want to really make use of this redeeming work. Lift your right hand. I'll pray with you. Pray this prayer with me. Everybody say, Dear Lord Jesus, I accept that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you died for me and you rose again. I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together for Jesus?
Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083-773-1605. God richly bless you.